With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of Mean Streets, powered by FTN, presented by Game Plus Network. Chris Meany here with you. Always appreciate you hanging out. If you're watching live on our FTN YouTube page, smash the like button. We have a live chat. Take any of your questions throughout. Always circle back at our FTN YouTube page. If something drastic happens in the NHL, there's four games on the ice. We've got some picks and some props a little bit later on on this show. Also going to dive into... Week 23 of the fantasy hockey season. For most people, this is playoff time. If you're in a head-to-head format, it certainly is playoff time for you, whether it's the quarters or the semis. So going to break down week 23 of the NHL season. It's a jam-packed schedule on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Always look ahead at your lineup. You always have to, I believe. Look at where your players are playing, what days they're playing, and you'll notice... Because of the jam-packed schedule on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, you're going to have players that are benched on your roster. You just can't get everybody in your starting lineup. So you may have to cut ties with certain players and get some guys in there that play on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So I'm going to attack those days. i got a few teams that play on those days and a few players to play, pick up as well. Like the Golden Knights, hot right now. They're on fire. In a playoff spot, as of right now, Dallas has three games in hand. The Preds have three games in hand. They're playing really good hockey, but they only have two games this week. So you may not be able to afford to hold on to a guy like Chandler Stevenson, Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore starting to find the back of the net lately. You may have to make some hard decisions, uh, but you have to live in the moment. We'll dive into all of that a little bit later on. It's April 4th. Welcome in. You're watching on Game Plus. Always a fantastic lineup. Pat Mayo experience. All in football. A lot of great stuff over at Game Plus. This is an awesome week. It is Masters week. We're not going to talk golf here today. Not really. But we're going to get into it tomorrow. Certainly going to get into it on Wednesday. We'll have some picks. We'll talk the Masters. It's also the Men's NCAA National Championship game tonight. That's right. At Caesars Superdome in New Orleans, we have Kansas, the Jayhawks, the only number one seed. And UNC, what a game that was over the weekend. It really did live up to expectations. I thought so. Anyways, I wanted to see overtime. UNC got it done, and they took care of Duke. And they are looking to become the first, actually not the first, 
it's they're trying to match a record. Nova won as an eight seed in 1985, but UNC, I think we can all agree, they're much better than an eight seed. They're not the same team that lost to Kentucky earlier in the year by almost 30 points. They're playing really good basketball. Clearly, they're in the finals here against Kansas. So we'll break that game down with Walter Waddell. Dub Deuces 85 on the Twitter machine. He is absolutely crushing it. He's been fantastic with his picks and his props. He's got a pick. He's got a total. He's going to tell us who he thinks is going to win. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of his favorite props. And also, we will look at the game total as well. So, Walter is in here in a little bit. Masters week, uh, NHL playoffs, no games in the NBA today. But Tino is going to drop by, producer Tino, and we're going to talk about the NL East. When we had Friday's show, we were touching on DeGrom just a little bit. But I don't know if we officially had news when it came to DeGrom. We just knew that he was headed for an MRI Now it's looking like he's going to be out for a significant period of time. It could be a couple months. Max Scherzer's dealing with a a hamstring to start the season. So I know what you're thinking. Mets get a Mets, right? But we want to talk about that division. Also, a couple moves in Major League Baseball. I feel like I got a sneeze coming on. This is live television. We're going to power through it. Uh, Hopefully, we we don't sneeze here. And we just, I think it's it's leaving. All right. Um, There was a trade in Major League Baseball over the weekend. Sean Manaya, another name gone from Oakland. Hopefully you got in on that under 70.5 win total when it comes to the athletics. I'm seeing 67, 68 in most spots now. I believe Frankie Montas will be the next guy to go, but we'll talk about the NL East because we really didn't preview that. Tino is very familiar with the division, so got to get his thoughts on that and no NBA today. So we're going to dive into the baseball and in the next segment, going to take a look at round four ADP over at NFBC drafts because it's also Major League Baseball week. That's right. On Thursday, the season will kick off. So um, what a week, right? What a week to be a sports fan. Uh, and and if you're in Ontario, this is a great day for you as well. Ontario went live with sports betting today. Today, uh, as you see here, you got Tiger Woods. Is he going to play? I hope he plays. I don't want to hear about him missing the cut or making the cut. Of course, we'll talk about that stuff later on in the week. But I really hope we see Tiger. Uh, But anyways, sports betting is officially here. You can scan that code. It'll bring you to uh, Caesars Sportsbook. Uh, We will be talking about other books here on this show and throughout over the next little while. It is an exciting time uh, if you are north of the border and especially in Ontario. And hopefully uh, you didn't get any of your futures. Uh, Hopefully they didn't crash on you over at Bet365. But uh, nonetheless, Team Canada here. I tweeted this out earlier. 250 to 1 to win the World Cup over at Caesars. If you want to get in, why not? I mean, a little sprinkle. I don't hate their draw. Belgium is tough, of course. Belgium is awesome. I think uh, Costa Rica, I think they can hang. And uh, Morocco, right? I I believe that they can maybe a 1-1-1, you know, maybe a draw in there. If they get a draw and they get a W, I I think that they could advance. I don't dislike the draw for the men's uh, Team Canada soccer team. And I really love the way they play with a lot of passion. They're really aggressive. They got a lot of speed. I think they can um, take teams by surprise. So it's pretty exciting times. We're not going to see the World Cup for for quite some time. I believe it's in November. Uh, but again, just wanted to bring your attention. Ontario went live with sports betting today. And tomorrow, Dangle Batselli is officially going to have a new sponsor. And the new sponsor is Points Bet Canada. Giddy up. Eric Young and myself will be live with you tomorrow 
here on our FTN YouTube page and look for this show, Dangle Bet Selly, with my guy, the Eric Young, not just a, a beast in the ring, but also a fantasy hockey psycho, loves to call himself some goals. Uh, look for this show available soon over at Game Plus Network. We have a lot of fun with this with this show. It's uh, it's mostly betting, but we talk some fantasy hockey there as well. We have some people that hang out with us live. Uh, we're giving picks. We're we're rolling through the game matchups with some fantasy hockey, you know, sprinkled in there. Some season long stuff. We take your questions. Uh, we try to call some goals, some points, some assist props, some shot props, uh, winners of course, totals. And uh, we will also be t- a little bit of DFS sprinkled in there as well. But it is mostly uh, just a straight hockey show as well. Coaster's Corner in the house with us today. Also a fan of Dangle Bet Selly. So a lot to get to here on this show. Thanks for taking the time, like I said, to hang out with us. We'll have a quick break. We'll talk some fantasy baseball. I want to take a look at round four NFBC style ADP players that are going in this round. Give a little bit of love to Tyler O'Neill. Talk a little bit about Pete Alonzo. As I said, we will have some baseball talk in the show. Walter Rodell is hanging by. We will talk about the national championship game as well. KU going for title number four. UNC going for title number seven. Lots to get to here on Mean Streets. Don't go anywhere. Things continue here on Game Plus Network next. Welcome back in Mean Streets Live on Game Plus Network. So before we bring in Walter Waddell, he's hanging by. We'll uh, talk the the game here tonight in a little bit. I just wanted to continue this MOB talk with you guys. I am going to hammer home my my futures tomorrow. I do have some live right now over at FTNBets.com. If you're part of the betting family, you can head on over there and check out our pick tracker. And if you are part of the betting family or want to be part of the betting family, just a reminder that you get all the picks from everybody across all the sports. We talked last week about Marshall and the hot run that he's been on in the NBA, given a lot of props. Uh, Waddell, the college basketball season is over, but he's been absolutely phenomenal. You get the golf picks, you get the NHL picks, you get picks from everybody, access to the tools, and uh, a Discord channel in there as well, which we talk some bankroll management and you know live bets. Just you know, we usually jump in the Discord first before we put it into the tracker. We just want to make sure you know, hey, we're here. We like this live bet. Oh, the Florida Panthers are down six two in the third. No problem. They come back and win, right? I mean, what's going on with the Panthers? And they seem to be doing this all year. But let's talk a little baseball. Uh, this is round four of the NFBC draft here. I really am fighting some allergies here. I still haven't sneezed yet, but uh, here we go. Round four, high stakes leagues. This is over the month, the last month of the season with drafts starting to ramp up. You still have a couple days left to draft tonight, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Tomorrow, I'm going to come with my favorite uh, targets and my favorite futures. But again, there's still um, some time here, but we do have some in our FTM bet tracker. Cedric Mullins up, up at the top here. And you know what? In your in your regular standard league, in maybe Yahoo, you're playing with your buddies. I think people will look at Mullins and say, ah, you know, Baltimore, one of the worst teams in baseball. No thanks. I'm not really interested. I think if you're playing in a rotisserie league, like the way that this is set up, speed certainly matters. This is a great baseball player, in my opinion. I mean, he uh, was leading baseball in hits at one moment. Uh, you love the ballpark that he plays, and the lineup is okay. It's not great. I mean, Mancini, Mountcastle behind him. But, you know, he's going to hit a top of the order. He's going to get on base. Uh, he's going to steal some bags. He's got some pop. I think he's fine. And you know what? He's going to fall down fall down draft boards. There's a min pick of him at 15, which is the highest here on the board for some of these players. And uh, the max is like into the 70s. So if you're able to get him in the fourth, I think it's a terrific get. Marcus Simeon, you see there, you know, uh, certainly nominated last year for uh, the AL MVP. Had a great breakout season with the Blue Jays. Why is he not a top 12 pick? Well, well, he's a little bit older. 
right? The, the breakout season's probably the outlier. He did have some really nice seasons with Oakland as well, but the transition from Toronto, uh, the great ballpark that he played in at the Rogers Center, the great ballparks that he played in inside the AL East, uh, you know, it, it matters. And, you know, he's leaving a really good lineup, and he's going to an okay one. Texas spent some money. They got some pop in their lineup. Corey Seager, Mitch Garver. Simeon's fine. I think he's a decent pick. But there's going to be some regression in his game. I, I would imagine all of his counting stats come down a little bit. Fewer home runs, fewer runs, fewer RBIs. Uh, the average may not be as nice. But I still think he has one solid elite season left in him, maybe two. Maybe we're talking about, you know, Simeon as a different ball player here in, you know, this time next season or in a couple of years. I, th- I still think he's a fine pick. Lucas Giolito in there. Byron Buxton, I-, I think he's a fade in head-to-head formats. You just don't want to deal with the headache. When he's playing, he's one of the best in the game, especially from a fantasy standpoint. He's a guy that can touch a lot of categories. He's got some pop, hit atop the order. The Twins lineup is going to be okay. It's just he just hasn't been able to stay healthy, unfortunately, for him. But I think he's worth the gamble in this range in a rotisserie league. You don't want to ignore speed. We talked about how your strategy may need to change if you start you know, with your first two picks as a Vlad Guerrero or Jordan Alvarez. You don't have any speed there with those two picks. So Buxton may be valuable to you in that sort of format. Pete Alonzo, you know what he's going to bring. 40 bombs, going to flirt with 45, could push 50. Uh, the fourth first baseman off the board here, uh, you know, we talked about Vlad as the first, Freddie Freeman as the second, Matt Olson as the third. I think Pete, o- Pete Alonzo is a solid, solid target. Probably going to hit 250, 260, but a lot of pop in his bat. Xander Bogarts is not going to really hurt you anywhere. Uh, it's a really, really good lineup in Boston. This could be his last one with the Red Sox. Uh, he's going to get second base eligibility as well. You know, uh, for Xander, he's going to touch a lot of categories for you. I think he's fine. He just won't hurt you. He won't hurt you really anywhere. He won't come with a lot of speed. Uh, but he's going to come with a terrific average. He's going to drive in some runs. He's got some, some. Uh, you know, he's going to score a lot too. He could get a hundred runs for sure. Sandy Alcantara, I think, is a great target. Uh, Miami's got a lot of sneaky pitchers there. The ballpark plays to his strengths and a lot of other pitchers in Miami's rotation as well. I think he's a really good target. JT Romuto is the second catcher off the board. Salvador Perez, on average, uh, going in the third round. I will never take JT Romuto. I will never, ever take a catcher within my first 75 picks, even if it's a two-catcher format. This is nothing against JT. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's a really good bat inside a really good lineup in Philadelphia. I just That's just not the way that I draft. Uh, Paul Goldsmith in there as well. Another first baseman as a high min pick uh, around 12 and then the max is around 80. So he's kind of getting drafted all over the place. Tyler O'Neill will get to and then Robbie Ray is the second J here. The former sec, I guess the played with the Jays last year. Another former uh, bluebird here. I Another guy that I think. I think some of the numbers will come down a little bit, but I like the park that he's in. And, you know, he was phenomenal last year with the Jays, won the Cy Young, a lot of strikeouts in his game, still struggles with some walks, a high fly ball pitcher. He still gives up a lot of bombs, and he will this year as well. But again, leaving the AL East, where I think it hurts Marcus Simeon, I think it benefits Robbie Ray going to some spacious ballparks in Seattle, Oakland, Anaheim, right? Those are some spacious ballparks from Texas as well. Getting out of the AL East, I think, is a big win for Robbie Ray. I'm fine with where he's going. I think he's a really good target. Actually, like everybody on the board here, but I wanted to give a little bit of love to Tyler O'Neill as one of my targets. You see some of the numbers last season. Career high, 34 bombs, 89 runs, 80 RBI, 15 stolen bases. The reason I, I went with him over Pete Alonzo, and I was thinking Pete Alonzo, I think Alonzo is a is a really good target as well. He just he isn't going to come with any speed. So I think you see the projections on the left. This is from our guy, Vlad Sedler. 
you know, again, pretty conservative with the plate appearances. The average, I think, is, you know, 260. I think that's fine. I think he can get up to that 280 range again. Last year, you know, if you look at some of the splits, he was a he's a terrific hitter against lefties, against righties. He hit on the road. He hit a, uh, at home. He was just – there's really no flaws in his game. The one thing I will say for him in the second half, hit 296, 275 in the first half, September and October was really, really good for him. Like, he was phenomenal in those months. In September slash October, he had 328, and he had 13 home runs. So – that's probably an outlier. He won't be able to keep that kind of pace up, but I think that's why he's going end of the fourth. I think the power is legit. I talked about him on Thursday, I believe, with Kyle Murray as a as a future, maybe to lead the league in homers at 30-1. to one. I think I'd sprinkle a little bit on him NL MVP. I think he can touch a lot of categories here, and I think he can improve on these numbers. I have him for 40-plus bombs, driving in over 100 runs, scoring 100 runs, uh, chipping in with double-digit stolen bases. You see the min pick of 26 and the max of, tw- of 84. People are willing to take him early third as he's the 14th outfielder off the board on average. But look at those stats on the left. He's contributing across the board. Runs, RBI, homers, stolen bases. You are not. You just can't find a power bat in the fourth round that can give you speed. So I proceed with caution, right? He's not going to be able to keep that up, just the numbers that he kept up in, in October and in September. But, man, he only had two bad months. March and May hit 241. And then in July, he hit 239. He hit 304 in August, and he chipped in with four bombs, a, a double machine as well. Uh, he had 17 doubles in the first half, and those doubles uh, transitioned into powers. He's still fairly young, and uh, his power is just getting untapped now. So if you're drafted tonight, maybe consider Tyler O'Neill. Speaking of tonight, Kansas and UNC. Walter is in here next. We're going to talk about the game, some keys to the game, who he's looking at. We'll talk about the total. We'll get a pick from him, and he's got a prop as well. So lots more to get to here on Main Streets. Keep your luck. You're watching Main Streets live on Game Plus Network as we bring in the GOAT, Dub Deuces 85, Walter Waddell hanging out with us. Sir, are you ready for tonight or what, man? National Championship game. Get hyped. Yeah, man. I, I'm definitely excited. It's always a bittersweet moment because, you know, I'm grinding yeah. all, all season long. College basketball is basically my life, right? And then we have this championship game, and then all of a sudden at the end of it, they run the, you know, one shining moment, and I, I get a little teary-eyed, and then I'm like, man, what do I do now? And I kind of spend a couple of days just wandering the earth until I find something new to do. But I'm definitely excited. <laughs> yeah, what will you do? Like, what will you do tomorrow? You'll probably, I mean, you'll you'll be bummed that it's over, but also you've been just grinding, man, over the past, like, the entire season and here in the madness, you know, putting in picks and props and, and doing the show at, like, random hours, which, of course, yeah. you can check on our FTN YouTube page. Like, what's what's going to be what, – what's what's tomorrow going to be like for you? Just put the feet up and just chill a little bit? Yeah, just, just uh, you know, do the do the day job. Um, but just, yeah, hanging out. <laughs> won't have to worry about doing an article or, you know, jumping into Discord and stuff. I'll probably still do that because I'm so prone to doing routine. But, uh, yeah, I'll just be hanging out until – Probably the next niche sport comes along. Do some WNBA and stuff. I'm going to do some like transfer portal news, previews for college football and stuff like that. But yeah, it's going to be low key. Nice. Definitely. Before we get into tonight, I got to ask you as a big college basketball fan, what did you make of Duke and UNC? It still kind of blows my mind in the first matchup between those two teams, you know, in, in madness history. And also like just what the second time that both were in the final four together. Did it live up to the hype in your opinion? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, it's still, like you said, shocking that those two have never actually faced each other in the tournament until now, which is just crazy because they're two of the best programs ever. Yeah. Um, I thought for sure that Duke would have a little bit of that, uh, not necessarily, you know, um, 
refs like making it happen. But I thought there'd be some magic there to push them along and, 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 you know, that they would end up winning because of this narrative for coach K, but uh, did say whoever got into foul trouble between Baycott and, and Mark Williams, that would be the determining factor. And Mark Williams did pick up the two early fouls and, and Baycott ended up going nuts. I know he got hurt later on, but 20 plus rebounds again, really high scoring game fun. Those two teams could, you know, you could watch them play each other, you know, a hundred times and never get tired of it. But uh, North Carolina, man, they're, they're playing really well right now. And shout out to Hubert Davis in his first year. Um, a lot of the North yeah. Carolina fans wanted him fired just even a month ago. Right. And now they're, now they're praising him like he's the best ever. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's usually the way it goes, right? Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Right. I saw this stat from Field Yates of ESPN, and uh, you know he's a big football guy, but the big college insider here this weekend. North <laughs> Carolina handed Coach K his first ever loss as Duke's head coach back in 1980. Also handed Coach K a loss in his final game at home, of course, Cameron Indoor, and then also defeated Coach K in his final game as Duke's head coach. So I guess UNC fans will all, will always have that, but that's pretty crazy when you just hear statistics like that. I always find that it's pretty nuts, but uh, that's it for coach K. He, he is finished. He is done. It is UNC and Kansas here tonight. So let's kind of walk through. We do have a board a little bit later on. when to show up with, you know, with your picks and your favorite prop and a total for this game, but Kansas did open up as four point favorites. I see some spots four and a half, but for the most part, I do see four here against UNC. Uh, if you want to back UNC on the money line, I'm seeing plus 170. Again, use our free prop shop parlay calculator over at ftmbets.com to get the best possible odds. KU minus 180, the total here at 152. So walk me through your thoughts of this game. You know, Kansas going for the fourth title first since 2008. They lost in 2012 to Kentucky. UNC going for title number seven first since 2017. Uh, when you're breaking down this game, to me, it feels like it's a pretty good matchup on both sides, right? You got the traditional bigs with Baycott. You mentioned him. Clearly not going to be 100%, but you know he's going to suit up. McCormick in here as well. And some versatility you know, with some of the guard play and wing play as well. I think this should be a phenomenal matchup, man. What are you looking for? Yeah, no, this is going to be pretty evenly matched on both sides. Both teams playing their absolute best basketball, you know, at the right time. Both have good guard play. It's going to come down to, you know, obviously the Armando Baycott, who did get injured um, for a quick 30 seconds in that game. They took him to the locker room. He had a little interview after saying, you know, it's the biggest game of my life, the biggest game in the history of college basketball, you know, at the moment. Um, and nothing was going to keep him out. So he got back out there and played. So, Obviously, you're going to have to monitor that, you know, a type of ankle. And I'm sorry, there's someone cutting a tree outside, so I apologize. Um, <laughs> and I love it, it. I love it. This is what we're here for, live TV, cutting trees outside. It's, it's that stuff. Um, but, you know, that, that ankle could be stiffening up on him. You know, it could have, could have swollen up. You know, there's a lot of different factors involved there, so we'll have to see how that goes. But, um, you know, Caleb Love's playing out of his mind right now. Best guard in the country for my money, tournament-wise. They're going to have to stick Kansas's Dewan Harris on him, the best on-ball defender remaining in the tournament. So we're going to have to see how that goes. On the other side, O'Shea Gagbaji is probably going to be guarded by Leaky Black, who's another really good on-ball defender. So there's there's so many moving pieces here. Defensively, it's really going to be, you know, which team can step up in, in that Baycott ankle because they're unleashing David McCormick now, the big for Kansas, who they've been saving all season, playing him like 10 to 12 minutes, finally unleashed him for 30 last game, and he went nuts. And I suspect he's going to play 30 again against Baycott. Yeah, Abaji is man. He's I mean, he, he started off really slow. Clearly, I think the game against Providence maybe he had five points, but I mean six trays in the last game. And and what Kansas I feel has been doing so great over the past. I mean, just their halves, right? Their half against Miami I thought was fantastic. Uh, and then when 
And then when Nova was looking to cut in, you know, they cut the lead to six. And then I thought Kansas just took over again in the second half, just to play with a lot of poise. So from cutting down trees to cutting down nets, cuts <laughs> down the nets tonight. Who do you got? Uh, so I got the Jayhawks. I, I'm definitely, you know, I'm throwing a, a money line out there. I'm a little hesitant to take the spread because I think it, it could literally come down to a last possession, you know, like the Nova North Carolina game. Maybe there's a buzzer beater looming. But uh, I do think the Jayhawks, they just, you know, they're so well coached. Bill Self, you know, is super veteran. He's now playing his guy, McCormick. I think that defensively they have enough to slow down this red hot North Carolina team. I am playing the narrative a little bit that North Carolina, you know, such an emotionally draining victory over Duke that they may not have enough left in the tank to kind of finish the deal here. A lot of Carolina fans are already saying, you know, that was their their Super Bowl, if you will, and and you know that they're happy no matter what, you know, sending Duke to retire or Coach K to retirement. So um, I just worry that they're going to have just you know not enough in the tank to to finish this out, and I think Kansas is going to end up uh, winning a title. Talk to me about this to- total one fifty four. I'm actually seeing now. 151 and a half like it seems walter that this is really getting bet down now uh what do you think of 151 and a half is that would you still lean under now if people are watching live a little bit later on in game plus and they see the total at 151 is that a stay away from me i mean you got in early with that total yeah Uh, but what do you make of it now live at 151 yeah it's it's i think people are starting to kind of dig in a little more and realize that you know with baycott uh the injury looming they're 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 going to probably milk possessions, Kansas will more so because if they get into a track meet, I think it does favor the Tar Heels. So I think I'm still okay with the 151, 151 and a half number, but I'm definitely not slamming it like before. That was one of those things where, yeah, I wanted to get it in last night. But uh, I think ultimately this game is going to be played in kind of the, the upper 60s, low 70s. Um, and even though Kansas can play both formats, I think it, it just favors them to kind of slow things down a little bit, which goes against what they played like in the tournament. But uh, right. if they didn't track meet with Caleb Love, they're not going to win. No, I know. I would agree with that. Yeah, they do play up tempo, a lot of pace, but I don't think they want to play that sort of style. Also, like something to be said about getting away from your game, too. I think they do yeah. play well with that sort of style. Okay, we'll get you out of here on this. The Wilson prop. Did you want to talk about him for a little bit? Yeah. So Jalen Wilson, we we wrote his prop um, during the final four. We actually had a pretty nice eight and two uh, run there on our 10, 10 different bets. Nice. Um, he's had 11 plus rebounds um, in like three of his last four. Um, the only one he didn't have it was against Texas Southern in the first round when he only had to play 20 minutes because they, you know, they bombed the 16 seed. But uh, he's going to have the Brady Manic matchup, which is one of the weakest parts of the North Carolina defense. So he's going to be able to get to the rim at will. He'll be able to pick up some additional putbacks, defensive rebounding. He has, you know, it's kind of like a mini Rodman. He's always getting the angles. And I think the eight and a half rebounds is just really low for him. I have him right around 11, you know, maybe even 12 in this game. If Baycott's in trouble, he gets into foul trouble. That's just going to open up the middle even more for Wilson and, of course, McCormick. But uh, Jalen Wilson's a guy that kind of flirts with a double-double, triple-double every game. So I'm riding his prop. That's my number one. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I dig it. I appreciate you, dude. Um, good luck with uh, all the trees that are getting cut outside your house here Sorry, tonight. Man. And like, do, do not apologize. Are you kidding me? Like, you do not need to apologize. We're all good. The picks have been hot fire. I appreciate you uh, jumping on this show here 
over the past couple of weeks and given us a, a lot of great intel, man. Uh, fantastic work over at FTN. Enjoy the game tonight, dude. Hopefully the winners are yours. And also just uh, enjoy the nice little break because I know you'll be hired at it again soon. Walter Waddell, give him a follow, guys. A great follow on Twitter, DubDeuces85. We appreciate you, man. Thanks. Like I said, enjoy the game and we'll talk soon. We'll bring in Tino in here next. We're going to switch gears a little bit, talk some more baseball. We also have some NHL picks and props to get to on Mean Streets. Keep her locked. Welcome back in Mean Streets here live on Game Plus Network as we're bringing Atino Rodriguez underscore on the Twitter machine. Uh, a busy week to right? The Masters, which we'll get into. Our guy George is in the chat giving some long shot picks. Absolutely love that. Maybe we just got to put the camera in front of George and get the mic in front of him to get on this show and give some golf picks. He was also giving hot takes about how he had the best ball, uh, his best best ball team uh, out of the three of us. Oh. too. So he was shying away being bashful about how he didn't want to talk about it. And all of a sudden he you know, came over the top <laughs> rope before the show. He's like, Hey, by the way, I don't want to talk about it, but let's talk about it. The best ball teams, mine's the best. And I was like, wow. All right. So we might I have may to have to uh, go back and take a look at that. Maybe that's a discussion for tomorrow. Yeah. Tino and I took yeah. part in a live best ball draft over at underdogfantasy.com. promo code FTM. We have the link inside the description of Friday's video if you want to go back and check it. Uh, we were just kind of walking through our strategies. You still have a couple days to to draft over there. And best ball, one of the best things, you don't have to set a lineup all year. You just draft and forget about it, uh, which I do like because, you know, not everybody has the time to be setting baseball lineups every single day. I do get that. You and I may have the time. I certainly uh, have the time to be setting the lineups, but I do yeah. like, uh, like the best ball for sure. So um, a lot to get to, like I said, right? It's Masters week. We got Major League Baseball on Thursday. I see the comments, Convery. I see them. We'll get to the White Sox in a little bit. Uh, but what do you make any leans on this national championship game tonight between Kansas and UNC? So I'm still knocking myself that I had uh, UNC advancing to the Elite Eight. And I kind of had the whole Duke-UNC thing like in my head. But I guess because I, I just believed in Gonzaga a little bit, I didn't spell it out. And I should have seen this come from a mile away. And now I, I think Walter had a really good point. Like it depends. Like I think, I think they match up really well. That's something we talked about off air. And when you think about it though, maybe UNC did blow their load a little bit, right? Maybe they put everything into beating Duke. That was a tough game. They were exhausted. If it went to overtime, I'd feel even better about Kansas. Um, Baycott's injury to his ankle. We don't know how severe it is. I think adrenaline probably helped him get through that game. I mean, he was rolling 20 rebounds. I don't know. It's hard to pick against uh, against Kansas right now. I, I will say that it's hard to pick against Kansas right now. But UNC, I mean, they've been doubted time and time and time again, right? I mean, underdog of the tournament right now. I mean, obviously St. Peter's is the true underdog of the tournament. But UNC, <laughs> the underdog of the tournament. Um, you know, why not do it again if you're them? I like the under. I, I think if I were to play something, yeah. you'd probably go under here. Yeah, I would agree the under. And unfortunately, I mean, you can't get that 154 anymore, the 151 and a half. I mean, still, I still kind of feel like the under is the play there as well. Yeah. I mean, Walter did bring some pretty, um, you know, from, some pretty good advice when it comes to maybe slowing the pace down. I think that's that's certainly possible if Baycott is not 100%. And if he can't play, man, I think McCormick is just going to eat them up. Right, Sean? Right, Sean? Uh, who is hanging out with this live? DJ Betts well. is trying to tell us he has inside sources that Baycott isn't severely injured. I will say this, whether it's severe or not, because angle injuries are very particular. It depends. It's all pain tolerance, and it depends how much the swelling is. But he stepped on someone's foot, and that's how it tweaked. So it, it could go either way. I mean, whatever right. the source is, it's how he feels. And all it takes is one misstep during the game for that thing to swell right back up and he'll feel that pain again. So ankles are one of those things where they're not that serious, but at the same time, 
can be really annoying to handle because it's such a minor injury that, you know, it, it feels weird, no swelling at all. I mean, we'll see, DJ. I mean, again, maybe he's good right now, but we have to watch throughout the game. Again, yeah. one misstep, what one one tweak, he's crashing the boards, 20-rebound guy, he's in the paint, um, you know, could go one way Against a other, big like McCormack. Quick. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, let's be honest. I mean, he hasn't seen a guy like this uh, throughout this tournament, but yeah, it, it should be a really entertaining game. I would imagine he, I mean, DJ, he's going to play. Clearly he's going to play. He's going to mm-hmm. battle through this pain, but I think we could all agree that it's not a hundred percent. I mean, that ankle's not going to be a hundred percent for him, but should be a phenomenal game. I, you know, I kind of lean with the points as well with UNC, but I think this is the play to take the money line. Now, people always want to look for dogs. They want to take the points. They want the plus money UNC. I get that. I mean, we were on UNC on this show to, to beat Duke. Um, but, I mean, I think just taking Kansas on the money line, I think, for me, is is the way to go. But what do I know? Those I are I'm your not, guys. I'm, I'm not, yeah. I, mean, I was I'm expecting not all Kansas propaganda on this show. I, I just thought we were going to be all Kansas all the time here. So that's why, like, Tomorrow. I want to root for UNC, but I don't want to get jumped on by, by all the Kansas supporters on this side. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm superstitious. I've been wearing the blue Nike every time that they play. <laughs> so uh, we'll see if it's uh, if it does this wonders one more time, and then we'll we'll – be a complete homer tomorrow with all the Jayhawks gear. Um, a couple baseball things. Yeah. So over the weekend, Sham and I got traded uh, to San Diego. I mean, a really on paper, this team kind of reminds me of the Angels in opposite ways. Like they have the staff, and the Angels have the lineup that you just wonder if they can still stay healthy. And then you look at this pitching staff: can they stay healthy? Musgrove, Darvish, Clevenger looks like he's not going to be ready to start the season. Uh, due to a knee injury, but we're going to see him at some point. Blake Snell's clearly got a lot of upside. Mackenzie Gore has got a lot of upside. He's looked good here in the spring. It doesn't look like he's going to make the rotation to start the season. Then they got, you know, Martinez coming back over. I didn't think he was that great a few years ago with Texas, but it looks like he, you know, he's improved on his fastball and he's, you know, the, the changeup has improved as well. He, he's just another depth piece inside this rotation. Uh, Paddock goes to the bullpen, potentially could close. Nelson Lamette. Like, there's a lot of high upside arms here in San Diego. Are you still on the fence uh, about this Padres team? I I will say this about the Padres. I kind of like how they're zagging away from the Dodgers. Look, you have no Tatis. What's one upside that the Padres have that the Dodgers don't right now? And I mentioned this to you, is pitching. The Dodgers, as much as they look great on paper in terms of their offense, Andrew Heaney's going to have to be trusted, and you never trust Andrew Heaney. They traded for Craig Kimbrell, and he got rocked in his first outing. Like, clearly they made that trade, giving up A.J. Pollock, who was very solid for them and a really reliable bat in that lineup for a reason. They clearly needed an arm, a proven arm, and Kimbrell might have had his best days behind him. Um, You know, it's spring, so we won't read into the small sample size. But in terms of the Padres, load up on your arms, and it's going to be an arms race. It's going to be arms races for everyone to tie it with what we're seeing all around the league. A shortened spring, pitchers are amping it up. There's going to be struggles throughout, and I think it's a matter of who's going to have the arms and when, and now they have the luxury. I know the talks with the Mets stop, but people wanted Chaminaya, so maybe it's not Manaya. Maybe they decide to retrain Clevenger or, or, or whoever they would. They go back and you know resurface Paddock out there. Point is they have these arms that teams are going to need, and so uh, you know the pitching market's drying up pretty, pretty quickly in the MLB. I know Frankie Montas is probably the only one out there. Probably Montas and Luis Castillo, and then outside of those two, it's anyone's guess who who you can go and get at this point in time if they're not on the Padres pitching staff right now. So I commend them for going out and getting some arms. You know, you got to have a strength and build on your strengths. 
Yeah, I think Paddock, I mean, he's been rumored to go to the Mets too. We, we'll talk about the NL East here in a sec. We do have a couple minutes left um, in this segment. We do want to bring up Mike Convery, and he's been telling us about the White Sox uh, for quite some time, right? I mean, I think he's a pessimistic fan, potentially. Um, welcome to, to Chicago. I kind of feel like maybe the under could be the play there. The latest is Lance Lynn, a knee injury for Lance Lynn, um, you know, sideline at least for four weeks, slightly torn knee tendon. Uh, that is uh, that's pretty significant, I think. You know, mm-hmm. potentially could be out a couple months here. So you do have the win total at ninety one and a half. Now you can still get the under on that over at Caesars, but Convery, hear me out here. Unibet is hanging ninety three and a half for a win wow. total. Yeah, so maybe you don't want to go over there. It is juiced to the under at minus one twenty, uh, but you can get that over at Unibet and BetMGM has 92 and a half. You can get under 92 and a half at minus 110. I still think that this is their division. You know, yeah. the, the twins made a lot of noise in the off season. You know, they, they do have some bats to compete. I don't really like their staff. I do believe the over on 81.5 is the play there, but I still like this White Sox team to win the division, but you wanted to talk up uh, Detroit, right? So, I mean, the Tigers got some kids, um, you know, that, are, we're going to see this season. I mean, Riley Green's not going to be one of them off the hop, unfortunately, right. but we will see him at some point. What do you think of that total, 77 and a half? So the reason I like the over, so to talk on Minnesota really quick, the best thing they got going for them, and I know people didn't love the move, it's getting Sonny Gray as their ace. Now I know people are going to scoff at Sonny Gray. For some reason, that man only thrives when nobody is watching him. Every time he gets <laughs> traded to a team and you forget about Sonny Gray, it's true. The Reds, the Yays, he, then he goes to the Yankees, he goes to, and all of a sudden he doesn't do the same. But now he's going to Minnesota, all pressure's off. He's still going to be the Ace. All pressure's off. People are writing off this Minnesota team. He's had a very good spring quietly as well. Um, in terms of the Tigers, the catch there is that they added Javi Baez, and people are forgetting about a lot of the big guys that they still have. I think Akil Badu is someone that people overrate big time, overlook big time. Totally. He, yeah, he, he has a lot of pop. He's had a very decent spring and had a huge year early on last year. I like that they have A.J. Hinch as a manager. People forget that. He got exiled. The only person who gets exiled other than Carlos Beltran from the cheating scandal. And he got sent to the Tigers. Capable manager. They have bats. Miguel Cabrera is their DH. It's like, oh, well, Miguel Cabrera has his best days behind him too. But, you know, he has that veteran leadership. He was the one to tell Spencer Torkelson that he got the call up to the bigs. Like, those little things are the signs to make me think that this team's got a little something there. Like, with baseball and how long the season is – the clubhouse matters. The team dynamic matters. The manager top down through the roster. I mean, we can talk about the young guys. You know, I, I think Casey Mize hasn't been exactly what people thought. But, you know, we can talk about Scooble and they got Eduardo Rodriguez. They have enough pieces there that I think 77 and a half is just a little low for, you know, a division that has the Cleveland Indians or the Cleveland Guardians that I think people are going to beat up on. The Kansas City Royals. I, I know Kyle came in, came in here and talked about how. They can be better than people expect. And I think they could be, right? Bobby Witt, obviously a lot of hype. But they're just not very good either. Like, Someone's got to be the second-place team in this division. And I think you can make a case for the Detroit Tigers very easily with the pieces that they have and definitely make a case for them to get over 77.5 without much of an argument just based on who they have to play in their division. Um, Yeah, so I, I don't know. The Tigers, I still think, might be a little early to win it. Like, at the same breath, I'd say the Twins are probably the dark horse to win the division. As weird as that sounds, maybe it's contradicting itself, but like I can see the Twins winning the division, not the Tigers, but I can see the Tigers getting over their win total more than the Twins. I, I know that's kind of like a lot, but that, I'm trying to make it make sense no, a little bit. I there. feel you. I feel you. Um, 
Badu is is really sneaky, and if you're drafting on Yahoo, he's buried down ADPs. Like, he may not even get drafted. He's leading off for them. He can chip in with some speed, some power, like you said. I think the lineup is a lot better if he's getting on base. Bias there. You know, Grossman, I think, is an underrated bat. It's got some pop in his bat. And then you see the kids, right, like you mentioned. So I think the Tigers are, are pretty sneaky as well. We don't have enough time to get into the NL East, but you're around all week. Maybe we'll get into that tomorrow. Uh, I, you know what? I didn't hate Mike, the, the, the AJ Pollock deal. I think he's going to slap inside that lineup, mm-hmm. right? It's towards the end of that lineup is a guy that can hit lefties for really well, just like everybody else inside that white Sox lineup as well. So, you know, you get rid of Kimbrell, which is the strength that you had inside the bullpen. You get another uh, veteran bat. But it's the also immediate at the same time. One last note, it's an insurance policy. Think about it. Aloy hasn't been healthy. Robert hasn't been healthy. Now all of a sudden mm-hmm. one of those guys go down. You have AJ Pollock sliding in for sure. Feel pretty comfortable about it. Yeah. Justin Upton was released from the Halos. You know what that means? It is officially Trout, Adele, and Marsh season, baby. And I am absolutely here for it. I love Perry saying that those kids are ready to go. I think Adele is another late-round target uh, that could work out for you as well. So the baseball talk is going to stop. We're going to round up the show with some hockey talk. We're going to talk fantasy hockey season-long, some playoff stuff. And towards the end of the show, we got some props for you as well. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back in Mean Streets here live on a Game Plus Network. So I want to talk a little bit about fantasy hockey. Usually we're just giving picks and some bets, but I got a board here with some players that could help you out this week. If it's quarterfinals or your semifinals, whatever it is, fantasy hockey playoffs here, uh, particularly head-to-head formats, but you can get something out of this, I think, if you're in a rotisserie league as well. So what I said off the top, Tuesday... Thursday and Saturday are jam-packed schedule nights. I mean, I think there's eight games on Tuesday, eight on Thursday, and 10 on Saturday. So if you're looking at your lineup, there's certainly going to be some players that won't get into your starting lineup on a Tuesday, a Thursday, or a Saturday. I think you drop those guys and you take a look at some players here. I'd actually reverse the order. I'd be looking at Boston first. The Bruins got four games they play tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets. A phenomenal matchup. And then tomorrow they got a matchup against the Red Wings, who are just atrocious. I mean, nobody's allowed more goals at 5-5 five and five per 60 over the last seven weeks of the season than Detroit. Somebody had 11 spot on them. I don't know who that was. Was it Pittsburgh? Somebody put up 10, or I think it was 10 goals against them. Uh, they have the most games with allowing six goals this season. Ottawa just spanked them in a back-to-back, you know, home, uh, home and away. I think actually maybe both games were Detroit. Nonetheless... They can't stop anybody right now. You got Jake DeBrusque, who's got goals in four straight games, still on that top line uh, with Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. More on him in the next segment. He's got uh, six points over this four-game goal streak. Eric Halla is looking really, really good on that second line with uh, Taylor Hall and David Pasternak. Yeah, Mike, 11-2. What a beatdown. Um, so Eric Halla has got some value there. In a deeper league, Charlie Coyle on that third line with Craig Smith. He can help you out with some face-offs. Hampus Lindholm as well. Because you got Vegas and Chicago playing twice this week. I love Alex Petrangelo. I like Seth Jones. But if we can swap out those defensemen for defensemen that are playing four games this week, Boston, Noah Hannafin up there, Calgary. Um, Shillington is, is day-to-day, so a little bit more ice time for Hannafin, who's on that second power play unit. You can chip in for some shots and some goals, uh, block a few shots for you as well. Uh, hitting the score sheet is just a bonus. I think he can touch a lot of other categories in a deeper league backlin in there for some face-offs. The thing with Boston, so they play Monday, Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday right? You want to get some guys that are on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday to get the most out of your moves and really just have more games for the week than your opponent. 
So a lot of these teams have the great schedule. Tampa has the best one possible. Monday, tonight against the Leafs, both teams tied a huge game. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So you get all the odd days in there. I lean Kalorn over Sorelli. I think if you're in a face-off league, you can go to Sorelli if you want. But Kalorn is still on that first power play unit. Andre Palat is hanging around leagues as well. I had some questions about him. I would rank them Kalorn, Palat, Sorelli. Uh, Paul has looked really good, uh, filling in with Hagel on that third line, killing some penalties, maybe get you a shorthanded point. Eric Chernak in there to block a few shots. Uh, and, you know, if you're looking for just, you know, in a bangers league, looking for some great categories, I call that uh, bangers leagues, hits and block shots. Uh, he can help you out there as well. St. Louis, Robert Thomas is riding a, a five-game point streak with nine points over that span. Uh, he's got uh, four multi-point games over that span as well. He's really been contributing. He can win you a few face-offs. Not a big volume shooter, but can chip in with some assists. Brendan Saad atop that, that top line in St. Louis with David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly. Nick Letty is on that first power play unit with Tori Krug sidelined as well. St. Louis has a game Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday as well. And then towards the end of the week, you know, the Jets do play three games this week, so maybe just consider them towards the end if you're looking for, you know, some streams. Wednesday, they play again. Detroit, really good matchup. Friday's tough against the Avs, but Sunday in Ottawa. And then if you advance next week, they play on a Monday against the Canadians, which is a really good matchup as well. So consider these guys. Don't be afraid to cut, you know, players like, um, like I said, like Vegas guys, Chandler Stevenson, Petrangelo. I mean, I would keep Kane and Debrinkat if you could, but swapping them out if you got five or six moves for the week, you'd swap out. You know, a couple Chicago players for guys that are playing four games. But I think I would start with Boston. If you have same-day ads, you get the Bruins tonight against Columbus, and then you get them tomorrow against Detroit as well. All right. Hopefully, it can help you guys out. I want to see you guys win some fantasy hockey championships. I got some props here next to Renault Mean Streets. Don't go anywhere. Back in Mean Streets on Game Plus Networks. we got two minutes here to wrap up uh, the show. We'll start with some shot props for this evening. Only four games on the ice. Uh, these are the, the few that I like. Braden Point, you can get him at a decent price at minus 120. Uh, he's cleared in three straight and four of his past five. He actually has at least four shots in three straight and four of his last five. Five, five, four, one, and five for Braden Point. Adrian Kepe is shooting a puck quite a bit. He's cleared two and a half in seven of his last ten games. He had seven shots on goal the other night. A bit of a tougher spot against Calgary, but home ice advantage here for Kempe. I don't know about that bucket, but I'm looking for him to get three shots tonight. David Perron, I don't know about that tint advisor, but I'm looking for him to get three shots tonight as well. He's only cleared in one of his last six, but he does have a really good matchup against Arizona. And then Victor Hedman is the bonus. I also like Morgan Riley out of the back end for the Leafs too. Uh, for Hedman, he's cleared in four straight games, three, three, seven, and six. Over to some props. Usually I come at you with some goals. I wanted to give some assists because I really think that there's some value here. Like Patrice Bergeron, he's got a six assists over a four-game assist streak. Six assists. Like, this guy shouldn't be plus money. The Bruins have one of the higher team applied totals today against the Blue Jackets. And Jake DeBrusque is another one that we had in the bet tracker over the weekend. Man, I really like the way that DeBrusque is playing. Ever since he demanded a trade, they said, ah, you know what, we're not going to trade you, but we're going to put you up on that top line with Bergeron and Marchand. And he's got goals in four straight, so if you wanted to go that way, but he does have help in back-to-back games as well and he does have six points over a four-game point streak here and he has cleared two and a half shots in back-to-back games if you can find him but plus 220 for an assist if we get a Marchand goal we could get uh, basically like seven units on that with a Marchand goal Bergeron assist and DeBrusque as well Braden Point 
He's got helpers in five of his last six games. And then Ryan O'Reilly in a really good spot on that top line tonight against the Arizona Coyotes Uh, for O'Reilly. He's got assists in two of his last three games as well. And he's going to flirt around 20 minutes. And like I said, a really good spot against Zona. We do have to get out of here. I think the Leafs win tonight. I like the over six and a half. I like the Bruins in the puck line. And I'm going to back the Kings. I think the Flames are going through something. A little bit of a, a lull in their game lately. I like LA on home ice. They can get them plus 145. Enjoy the basketball game tonight. Kansas gets it done. We're in here tomorrow. Have a good one. Cheers.